Hello, welcome to Motherhood Out Loud, a safe place for mothers to talk openly about their experiences without fear of judgment or shame. Our hope is for women to realize that we're not alone in the variety of emotions we feel and that we're able to provide a more loving community for future moms. Let's take take our our power back and and live Motherhood Out Loud. With Carla and Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to Motherhood Out Loud. I'm Cindy. And I'm Carla. So today's episode is going to be me, Cindy, telling my birth story with my son. Mm. So that's how we're going to start. And then Carla will be telling her story later on. But yeah, I mean, let's let's go ahead and get started. So I actually started to try to have a baby, I think in 2018. Yes, I think that's right. So I got married in 2017. My husband and I met in high school, so in junior year. And actually, Carla was there when I actually first met him. We were in chemistry class in our our junior year. And Carla was actually like – I don't know. Very, she was grouped with grouped with the jocks, and Chris was a jock, and like, and I was very annoyed. Up. Yes, yes. So Carla was doing a, an assignment, and then she came up to us, which it was more like the even though Carla's a nerd, I guess she was just with the other. I don't know why she was with the jocks, but she was, and the I nerdy was people. Yes, with yes, I forgot. So yeah, Carla was hanging out with the jocks because one of her good friends was a jock, and she came to up to our table in chemistry and was like hey, help us with this assignment. And that's when I first met Chris. He was trying to get answers from me. And I was just like, who is this guy? I have no idea who he is. Anyways, many, many, many years later, like I think seven years later, we started dating. So we got married in 2017 and I started trying to get pregnant in 2018. And, you know, you go into it thinking like I'm in my, I was like 26. No, no, probably like 28. 27, 28, you go into it thinking like, this is going to be easy. And yeah, I did get pregnant easily, luckily, but I did end up miscarrying. I had two miscarriages before I got pregnant with my son. So that was very traumatizing for me. Um, It was very hard. I think the first time I got pregnant, it was around, I was going to announce to my family actually in, around Christmas time, so around this time, and because we were pregnant, like, the first time we were pregnant at the same time, right? I think we found out together. Yeah, I think yeah, because you yeah, I I feel like you told me in November. Is that when you found out you were pregnant with Cassie? No, so it's funny. Today's December fourth, and I found uh-huh. out December second with Cassie. So I was going to tell my family as well during Christmas. So I think you told me like a few, I think you told me like right before Christmas, like maybe a week before or two. Because you were due when in with Cassie? I was due August 13. Yeah, I was due August as well. So yeah, we were going to be like we were pregnant at the same time, but I ended up having a miscarriage and then that was really sad. But then, you know, I went to the doctor, got got clear to try again. She was pretty much like, it happens. This is very common. Um, sometimes it's just like the first one could be a fluke because your body's never been pregnant. So it's kind of not sure how to handle it. And so I was like, okay, like that's really sad, but it's normal apparently. And then I tried to get pregnant again. I did. 
And I actually announced my pregnancy to my husband on his birthday, which is February 18th of 2019. And then we miscarried. That one was a little bit later. Um, in Not super. It was still like in the first trimester, but we miscarried again. And that one was very, this is kind of how me and Carla like are tied in. So we were pregnant around the same time the first time. And she went on to have a successful pregnancy. And when I got pregnant again, I actually knew it was very excited, her and her husband, Ivan. And I actually went to her gender reveal when I started bleeding. And so that was very hard for me. And I just remember being very happy for Carla and Ivan, but also you know, obviously like I started bleeding at their house and so it was very traumatic and I, I cried a lot. And the difference between this, the first miscarriage was painless. It was just like I started a period and the second miscarriage was actually super, super painful. Um, I started feeling like a lot of cramping, like horrible stomach pain. And um, I later came to realize that those were contractions and it was just really, really, really terrible. Um, I'm not sure. My mom didn't know I had been pregnant with the first one. I did end up telling her after I miscarried. And I don't remember if I told them for the second one. But I do remember calling my brother crying and was like, it's happening again. And he was just obviously like shocked. And, you know, it's hard to support someone through that when you don't know what to say. But I was having a lot of cramping. Chris was like, let's go to the hospital because we had gone to the hospital the first time. But I told them, no, like there's really nothing they can do. And so it was very, very painful. Um, I ended up like passing the the baby. So that was hard. I didn't know like it was just like a thing of tissue, but you could like see the formation of the little embryo. And so that was really hard. Um, so after that, I went to the doctor again and she was she was very kind. That's the one thing I do. I've heard nightmare stories of like doctors just really being like, well, it happens like move on, you know, kind of thing. She wasn't like that at all. She did. Apparently it's very normal for them not to do any kind of testing until you miscarry three times, which is kind of BS in my opinion, because it's like, if something's wrong, why don't we find out from the first, why are we going to make someone miscarry three times before we like look into what's happening? Exactly. Like what's the difference at third or fourth? Like it hurts just as much the first time or the second time. Like why, what's the magical at three? I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially if someone has like a clotting disorder that that's why they're miscarrying and that could be fixed. You know, it's so dumb to me that they won't look into it. Like if it's something like that, that could be fixed. They could fix it right away, you know. But no, she told me that it was very that it's for the third miscarriage. But she's like, you know what? I'm not going to. She told me I'm not going to let you do that, like go through this again if we can help it. So I really appreciated that. And she did some testing on me. Everything came back normal. The only thing I had like one gene for MTFR, which I guess could put you at a slightly higher risk for miscarriage, but they're not 100% sure. So she just told me that for the next one, she wanted me to track my cycle. And when I ovul- when I caught my ovulation with the strips, she wanted me to start progesterone uh, pills. So I did that. Progesterone and baby aspirin, which obviously this we're not giving any medical advice here. Like take, these are just stories. I mean, this is what happened to us, but obviously talk to your doctor or whoever about that kind of stuff, because obviously it's not for everyone. And yeah, so that's the disclaimer there, but 
yeah, she started me on that. So we waited, I think maybe like a month or two to try again because that one was very traumatic uh, experience for me. So, and for my husband too. So we waited, I tracked my cycle, I think one cycle just to kind of get the idea of how to track. Cause obviously like my mom never told me about tracking, you know, ovulation or nobody ever really told me. I think Carla did cause she, she tracked. So I kind of knew from Carla, but I didn't know like, so I just took that first cycle as like, oh, let's make sure that this is happening. And then second cycle we tried, I believe. I started the progesterone as soon as I got a positive ovulation test. And yeah, luckily I got pregnant again. And it was really terrifying because, you know, you're so scared like that it's going to happen again. Like the whole pregnancy, I was like the shoe, you know, the other shoe's going to drop. Like this is going to happen again. And so I would constantly be checking myself for bleeding, like constantly. It was super, super annoying because I knew like, I knew it was crazy like to do that, but I just always like, no, I have to check. So I would like go to the restroom. I didn't even have to pee like just to check. And I worked as a nurse at that point in the ICU. I was already, I had already been working for a, a few years. And so I was always on my feet and just scared like the whole time. So I'd go to the bathroom all the time. It was very full of paranoia. So anyways, initially with my plans, I never considered a birth outside of the hospital being like a nurse and my husband is a nurse as well. I just never considered anything, but because of like having been trying to get pregnant for a, a little while, I had already been listening to a lot of podcasts about birth and everything. So I, I knew there was different options out there, but I was like, not in El Paso. Like nobody does that here for sure. Cause we're, we're a big city in terms of like population, but everyone here is like so small town vibes that I just didn't think like anyone did that, you know? So I went, continued my care with my OB. I had had reached out to my doula, I think in the second pregnancy. And so she kind of knew my history. So I reached out to her again and let her know. So I knew I would hire a doula and I had already been in connection with my doula, Jamie. And so she was on board and my husband and I met with her. And when we met with her, she started talking to me about well, where do you want to give birth kind of thing? And to me, it was always like, well, the hospital. But she talked to me about like, well, there's other options in case you guys want to look into like a birth center. But, you know, and she was very like pro home birth. And I was at first, me and my husband were like, you know, my husband had a lot of questions for her. And she just said, well, yeah, my husband is very um, a nervous guy, which I learned way later into like our our friendship and stuff. He's very nervous. So he had a lot of questions. And um, she, she was like, you know what, just meet with a midwife. She gave me a midwife's name. And she's like, just meet with her. Like you guys just talk to her. Like it's obviously not a commitment. And so that was already, I was, well, I think into my third trimester when we finally, like Chris was like, oh no, like we're not meeting with her. Like, don't even start. I don't want to, like, this is dumb. Like, can't we just have it? have the baby in the hospital. He was very against it. Um, but I told him like, let's just meet with her. What's the, what's the harm in meeting with her? So we actually went to meet with her and she was really cool, like very nice, very chill. Um, Chris really liked her. We talked to her for like two hours. Um, it was crazy. So she answered all of his questions, like all of the anxiety that he had, like she addressed all his concerns I think that's one big misconception too is that 
he thought that she wouldn't come prepared for emergencies, but she does. I mean, she takes care of everything. If God forbid anything were to go wrong, she has oxygen. She has emergency like medications for bleeding. If I were to bleed, um, all of that stuff. And obviously they take care of like registering the birth, you know, that it happened and that a baby is there. So all of that stuff. And then I continued care with my OB just because I was one of like the stipulations that Chris put was like, please, let's do it both. And I was like, okay, like first baby, you know, you always have that like first baby fear. Like everybody says, you know, well, maybe I'll give birth in a different place on my second baby kind of thing. (laughs) So he wanted, yeah, he wanted both. So I did, I, it was kind of annoying because I had so many appointments. I was also seeing like a high risk doctor. How many times were you going like, because when I went to the high risk, the I only went for a couple of weeks, but I remember I had like back to back, like sometimes in a, like the I landed like in one week. Like, were you going often? Like, yeah, I was. So like the high risk, I was seeing him initially because of the the multiple miscarriages. This is before I decided to go see the midwives. She suggested like, go see him. Like she was not very pushy. She's like, if you want just so that he could keep track, you know, he has a higher tech, like ultrasound and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, like that's no harm. You know, I didn't want to have any issues. So I didn't, I said, yeah, go ahead. So we went with him, but yeah, at the, I mean, at the point where I hired my midwife, yeah, I was seeing them like back to back, like two appointments a week, one with a high risk, one with regular OB. And then like I would see the midwife not super often because they're very kind of like hands off if things are going well. And she knew that I was seeing my OB still. So Mm -hmm. I think she was just kind of like, well, she has that coverage, you know, as well. So I did end up having gestational diabetes, which really sucked in terms of like you get scared, you know, like you get that diagnosis and you're just kind of like, damn it, like what, you know, what is this and what's the problem? And you get scared of like getting diabetes later. And so that's why I continue to see the high risk because he kept track of my sugars. But I was like very borderline um, gestational diabetic, like super, like I barely failed. My sugars were never out of whack. Thank goodness. It was very diet controlled. I mean, yeah, I did stop like eating my pregnant pregnancy breakfast, which was like, I found it so freaking good. Every time I went to work, I would get like an, a sausage McMuffin with eggs and I would like freaking like pour salsa. I don't know why. And I like, it could be burning my mouth. Like I did not care. It was so freaking good. But after like I got diagnosed, I was like, I can't be eating that all the time. So I stopped. Did you miss it? Did you miss it? Dude, nothing has ever tasted so good. Like, seriously, it was so good. I'm like, Okay, but I have a question. Do you still eat it now that you're not pregnant? And do you still like it? I haven't. I mean, I've had a biscuit from like McDonald's since I've had the baby, but no, it's just like nothing will ever taste like that tasted in my life. Like, it was so good. I don't know. Like, the way you taste in pregnancy is like different. It's crazy. So I like love that. So after that, I was like, yeah, I can't be doing that anymore. So I did make some diet changes. Like I was going a little like, you know, eating that all the time. And I wasn't like that before. So I stopped that. But it was diet controlled. So I was seeing all these people. So finally, like towards the end, actually before 
maybe at 36 weeks, the OB was like, we're going to have to induce you. She was like, we'll probably induce you at 37 weeks. I, I hate like, that oh. word. Yeah. I was like, why? And she said, because of your gestational diabetes. And I was like, but it's controlled. Like, what What are you talking about? You know, I would get it if, like, it wasn't controlled or whatever, or if I was on medication, but I'm not. And she was just like, well, it's because the baby could be big or, you know, I've seen people have complications from the gestational diabetes. And, yeah, she went on to tell me, like, the complications from these people. But the thing is that those were people that didn't take care of themselves for whatever reason. And they had complications. They had stillbirths or whatever. But she started to kind of do that. And I told my doula and she was like, yeah, you just have to be careful. I mean, like the words that they use, they do tend to try to instill. I mean, because who wants to hear like stillbirth and all of these words, especially when you've already had loss. So it was a little hard for me in terms of like, I didn't want to be induced. And I felt that that was super early, especially since everything was fine. And but the also the high risk started to say that I should get induced as well. And so I started to get a little like annoyed. And at that point, we were already on board to do the home birth. Um, at least I was. I think Chris still secretly till the very end hoped that we would go to the hospital. But that's that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, we did that. And like they were pushing that. And I was, so I think in between like the third after that appointment, I skipped an appointment for whatever reason. I don't think they could like they couldn't schedule me. So that was actually a blessing in disguise because she didn't get to like talk about induction anymore. And so, yeah, I mean, everything had been fine and my midwife was like still on board. She didn't like risk me out. Obviously, like if she would have noticed an issue, cause we did talk to her about that. Like she's not willing to risk obviously that anything happens to me or the baby. If, if at some point she didn't think that I was a candidate for home birth, she would have told me and been honest with me. And so at this point, I was very like dead set to have a home birth. So I was very like, please don't let anything go wrong that I can't. And so we had already decided, me and Chris, that he wasn't comfortable going past 40, like 40 weeks in a few days because you could go up to 42. Mm -hmm. But we just weren't really comfortable going that far. I know some women are. And I think that's a big thing about this is like it's really up to the parents and the amount of risk they're willing to take. You know what I mean? And that's very subjective and we shouldn't judge the risk that they, cause that's a risk that they're comfortable with. And so we didn't want to go past 40 weeks. And so I think at 39, like 38 weeks, I had an appointment, something like that. And she was like, okay, like you need to, let's go ahead and induce you. And she was going to go out of town actually. And so she was like, and I'm, she wanted me to do it on Friday. And I told her, no, like, can we push it a little bit? And at this point, obviously, I wasn't going to, my plan was not to deliver there, but I wanted to leave that option open. And I didn't want to tell her my plans because a lot of times they'll drop you or they'll threaten like, well, it's either them or me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to keep that door open. So I told her, no, not Friday. Like, can we push it a little? And she's like, well, I'm going out of town. And I'm like, well, I don't want. The, another doctor to deliver me like if you're going to be the one like we'll be back in town and so she's like okay well I'll show up on Sunday night to get induced and I'll be back and you'll I'll be back by Monday so for sure like you'll be having your baby and what and how I, far I, along were you like Sunday how far would you have been I would have been I think I would have been 
by her calculations, it's because I had two due dates. So I think I would have been close, like close to 40 weeks. Yeah. And by your calculations? I want to say, I want to say by her calculations, I must have been 39 weeks. And by mine, I was 40. I would have been like close to 40. So I kind of got thrown off because I was like, well, for such an urgency, she's very like easily pushing it back. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like she's like, we need it. But okay, Sunday night. And I was like, all right. So I just kind of I wasn't going to get in an argument. I was like, okay, cool. So we left. And I told Chris and Chris is very anxious. So he's like, he's like, well, yeah, like we should probably go get induced. And I'm like, no, like, let's not, you know, let's hold off. So on Sunday, I, I just didn't show up. I didn't cancel, which probably the etiquette would be to call and tell them like, hey, I'm not going to show up. But I just didn't show up. I'm not a very like, um, I don't like conflict. <laughs> so I was like, I would just hide and I'm not avoid, tell them. I'm going to avoid yeah, and I'll not interact. Avoid. Exactly. So that was the Sunday. And then on Monday, my midwife came and she checked me. So she checked the baby with her um, Doppler. She took my blood pressure, all of that. We talked. And on that, everything was fine. I I had woken up that Monday, which was the 17th of February. And my due date was, I believe, the 17th, actually. So I had started having cramping that morning. But it was very like, it was with a pattern, but very, very light. And so like nothing crazy. And I told the midwives and my doula because they both went to my house, which is super cool about that is that they come to you, which at that point, like is super awesome. So they came to me, checked everything. Everything was fine. I told them about the cramping and they were like, they were like, yeah, yeah. Like they really didn't. They're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, they're probably like, this is not going to happen because it's very likely to go past your due date, you know? And so I had the cramping and everything. They left and me and Chris actually because my due date was the next day. And so we weren't the midwife knew that like we weren't comfortable going past. So it's kind of up in the air whether it would happen at home or in the hospital. And so we were driving to go eat Chico's Tacos actually, which is like a rolled rolled taco place here in El Paso. It's very well known. Um, it's a very acquired taste. So probably if you're not from here, you might not like it. Um, they're like soggy tacos. But anyways, we went there. Chris was like, like, this is what I want to do before baby comes kind of thing. And so we started driving and on our way to pick up my parents, actually, they were going to come with us. Um, the doctor's office called me and they were like, hey, why did you miss your induction? And I was like, because um, I don't want to get induced. And they were like, well, you have to. And I'm like, no. I'm okay. Thank you. And they were like, okay. And then I hear them like scrambling in the background. Like they were like, hold on. And they put like the phone down, but I could hear them like talking like, doctora, you know, whatever. And then she's like, she comes on. They were like, oh, the doctor wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, cool. So she talks to me and she's like, hey, what's up? Why aren't you showing? She was very like casual. She's like, why aren't you coming? And I'm like, because I don't want to. And she's like, well, I really think you need to. Um, I don't, you know, the last thing I want is for you to show up with a dead baby. And I was like, what the hell? She said so that? She said like that. literally yeah. said that to you? Yeah, she said that. And of course, Chris heard her and he goes into like a panic. And I was just like, I hung up. She was just like, come in right now. Tell them that I sent you kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so I hung up the phone 
And Chris was like, did she really say that? Like, is the baby going to die? And I was like, Chris, the midwife just checked. Like, everything was fine. Like, there, you know, it'd be different if nobody was checking or, you know, whatever. But we had already had the baby checked. And everything was fine, like, literally. And he was very upset. He's like, we should just go to the hospital now. And he got really mad. And so after that, like, we went to go eat and stuff. I was still having the cramping. And it was starting to get a little more intense in terms of, like, man. Like, But I was just like, I don't know. It could be whatever, you know, Braxton Hicks or I don't know. So we're eating and talking my parents. We told them what happened. And my parents did know I was going to have a home birth. Um, but they were, like, the only ones family-wise that I told. I didn't tell my brothers. And we were how just your talking. Mom, how did your mom and your dad feel about your home birth idea? So they were not very, like, they didn't say anything negative. But I think my mom was like, you're not going to do it. Like, it's not, like, it's very painful. Like, it's not going to happen. Which I was like, well, way to support, you know, <laughs> way to support me. But she's always like, it's funny. My mom's always had very, like, low expectations of me, I guess. She's always like, she. she's like, she's not going to drive. She's not going to do this. Like, I don't know. I don't know what my personality was like when I was little. But apparently, <laughs> like, I'm incapable of a lot. <laughs> but every time it's like I do it, you know, I obviously drive. Thank you, mom. And I do things. I do. And I do, you know, I don't know very well, but I do drive. I get around. And so <laughs> not very so well, she, not very well, but it gets the job done. And she was very like she wasn't against it, but she didn't think I would do it. She was like, that's very crazy. Like, that's a lot of pain, you know. But then I think as I got closer to it, she was like, well, you know what? Your grandma did it like, you know, she did it without pain meds and stuff. But my mom only she had three C-sections. So for her, it was a different, even though they let her labor for all three, which I thought was crazy. So she's like, I would have rather just shown up and got my C-section. I ended up getting a C-section anyways. Why did they make me have the pain? Which I'm like, I don't know. That's weird. But my dad was actually super supportive of it. He was like, that's awesome. Like, you could do it kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, well, they were like, I don't know, probably secretly they were hoping I would have to go to the hospital like Chris, but they never really made it known, which I appreciated. I mean, keep like the negativity to yourself, in my opinion, you know. So we went home and Chris was mad like he wasn't talking to me. And I was like, oh, my God. OK, whatever. So we are getting I'm like, you should just go to bed like and he was getting bed. And I I decided I took a shower, which honestly I regret because I washed my hair and I shouldn't have because it got, yeah, it was crazy. So it was wet. My hair was wet and everything. And he went to bed or he got in bed and then I got in bed and I was still having the cramping, but it was getting like a little worse. But I'm like, I don't know, like whatever. And so I laid in bed and then my water broke like immediately as I got in bed. And I was like, yes, like I was so happy because I had actually, I don't think I mentioned this, but me and Chris had decided that if the baby didn't come by the next day, which was the 18th, that we would go to the hospital. I told them, yeah, if the baby doesn't come, like if I'm not in, if I'm not in labor by tomorrow, then we'll just go to the hospital. That was my way. And I'm like, please, baby, come. And so my water broke and I was super excited. And I was like at 1030 and I told Chris and then he's like, well, do we go to the hospital? I'm like, no, I told you not until tomorrow. So it's on now for a home birth. And so <laughs> he was like, wait, okay, wait, wait. just like when your water yeah. broke, was it like the movies or was it like just like a little like you peed yourself? No, it wasn't like the movies. Mm -mm. 
I just kind of like laid down and I felt like like something come out like liquid oh, okay. and I was like what the heck so I checked my underwear and they were like soaked and so I texted my doula and my midwife and they were like yeah that's probably your water breaking like just kind of let us know but no like you see like how it, it like boom like a big like explosion but it wasn't like that so I really want to hear a story if somebody's water broke like that because mine did pop like mine I heard it pop but I was squatting down mm. to the toilet and so then the water went into the toilet so I can't tell how much it was how much right yeah so I'm, I'm curious yeah, if somebody I mean, broke like like you know like a like in the movie oh where did the movies get yeah. that from I'm just curious at this point I know but. yeah I mean I'm sure it's happened I don't think it happens as much as like people think it does like sometimes it's just a little bit but I yeah I, that popping sound I did not hear but I heard that on my one of my clients when her water broke and I was like that is crazy it's literally like a pop yeah it's it sounds like so it might feel like a balloon like a balloon it sounded like a balloon popped and I was like wait that's not my yeah, knee it's loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so loud I was impressed actually I was like that is so cool and so I told my midwife and my doula and they were like They were very like whatever about it. It was kind of like frustrating because my doula was like, yeah, because you expect like, yeah, like let's get the show on the road. Like everyone all like, no. And my doula was like, yeah, let me know when you feel like you need more support. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? You know what I mean? I'm like, what? So I was like, whatever. So I'm like, I also don't want to call them and like they come in the middle of the night and then it takes forever. You know, because it's likely that it would take a while. It was my first baby. So I was just there. Like, I tried to go to sleep. I couldn't. I was, like, way too, like, hyped, which I'm, like, when they tell you to rest, that's kind of crazy because you're so <laughs> excited, like, and you're so, like, what's going to happen? So I was, like, bouncing on my ball. I was, like, walking around, like, trying to – but it started to get, like, super intense for me. I was, like, man, like, this is – and I I did a hypno-babies course um, with – with actually with with Carla's doula Letty and so that was very informative and they make you listen to tracks like some hypnosis tracks so I tried listening to that but man that lady's voice is like like nails on a chalkboard like I didn't like it before pregnant like before getting going into labor but man I hated it when I went into labor so I was like this is dumb like you know I broke the hypno babies rule because I don't think you're supposed to listen to music but I was like I cannot listen to her So I started to listen to music and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like getting super intense. And I remember I like sat on the toilet and I was like, this feels good. Like, and honestly, it, like toilets save you when you're in labor, like that position. I don't know why it feels so good. And so I was there and I was like, I couldn't like stay still. I was like, man, this is like bothering me, you know? And I'm like, but when do I call? And Chris is like laying down. I guess he was asleep or maybe he was just pissed. I don't know. And both. <laughs> Yeah, both. He was probably like, I can't believe this is effing happening. Like, what the hell? Cindy's crazy. And so I started, I texted Jamie and I was like, hey, like, maybe, maybe you need to come. And she was like, I'm here. And I was like, what? So she's like, she was in my freaking driveway waiting. And she's like, it's because I had a feeling that you wouldn't call me on time. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, well, it's because it's hard. Like, you tell me, like, call me when you're ready. And I'm like, ready for what? Like, you know, so I just called. I called when I felt like this is getting, like, really intense for me. But you so know what came. that just reminds me of, though, is that as women, and I hear this a lot on the stories, it's like we try to be, like, 
to not disturb the other people. Like we're the ones literally right. going through the pain and we're trying to be polite and not be a bother to anyone. And like, if we should be a bother, this is the time where we get a free card of be annoying. You know how like you go bread still on your wedding? Like this is yeah. another free card of you being a jerk and you being able to demand things because I felt like that. I didn't want to be an inconvenience. I didn't want to be bothered, but like, no man, you're in labor. Like just, yeah. you're the no, boss you're at right. that moment. <laughs> Like, when do we start, stop thinking about other people? It's crazy, but you're right. It's because you're like, well, I don't want to call her. And then she's here forever. Or well, too bad. To <laughs> yeah. And I mean, she never made me feel that way. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's not her. Like, it's not like she told me, don't call me. Don't waste my time. No, it's me thinking like, I don't want to waste her time. And because I was also like, what if this isn't like you, I think a lot of women have that doubt of like, what if this isn't even like happening? You know what I mean? And you're like, what if I'm just a, being a wimp and it's not even like go time yet? You know what yeah. I mean? And you hear the horror stories like, you know, you're you're in so much pain, right? So when you're not like hurting yet, you're like, well, maybe I'm just, it's a false alarm. But so what if it's a false alarm? I But yeah, you say when you're a first time mom. So if you're a first time mom hearing this and you're pregnant right now, like, this is take this and blame it on Carla. This is your free card to be a total biatch on that day and just demand and advocate for yourself. And if you think you're being a bother, we'll let them deal with it afterwards. But yeah. don't feel like you need to be polite and be like, well, what if I'm wasting their time? No, it's okay. Just just get the support you need right when you feel you need it right away. Like don't don't wait. Don't do a Carla and yeah. Cindy. Yeah, don't don't wait. I mean, if you feel like you need help, I mean, the worst that could happen is that she comes and is like, hey, you know what? It's not time and I'll stay with you for a little bit, but I, I'll leave. You know, I got to go rest or whatever. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but in the moment you just feel so like, no, I don't want to disturb. I mean, all of that goes out the window eventually. Like you could give two shits about what you're saying or doing eventually. But in that first where you're you're still thinking with your mind, you're like, well, you're still there, you know, because you start to like detach from from reality towards the when it gets really intense. So when you're still there, you're still thinking like, no, I don't want to call them too early, whatever. But she came in and because Chris was actually she had told Chris to start setting up the pool. But I don't know what happened that we couldn't like Chris couldn't figure it out. So she came and she's she came in and she was like, hey, how are you doing? She just started talk, talking to me and. I guess she noticed that I would like, and I noticed too, like I would be talking to her and I was like swaying my hips and I would answer her question, but then like I would get a wave or a contraction and I would like close my eyes and I would be like, hold on. And I would just like, and then I would be like, okay, so this is the answer to your question, whatever. And so I guess she was timing in her mind or whatever, how far apart everything was. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and call Celia. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, if that's what you want, like, sure. And she's like, yeah, I think she needs to come. And I think that was around 3.30. And so, you know, her and Chris started doing stuff. I was still listening to music. And, I mean, Billie Eilish got me through, like, the hardest thing ever in my life. So shout out. I know you're not listening, but, yeah. Anyways, um, she would, except, like, one funny thing is that so everybody got, gets there. And I'm, like, sitting there on the ball. And I'm, like, listening to my music, like, jamming out in my head. And Chris knew that I was listening to music. And so he told me that at one point, like everyone was there and they were like in my kitchen 
and they were like, man, she's so in the zone. Like she's listening to her hypno babies tracks. Like she's so cool. And Chris was like, dude, they think you're listening to hypno babies. And I'm like, that's super funny because I'm not like, I hate that lady. And I don't want to listen to her right now. I'm like, I'm listening and to it wasn't music. like Nicki Minaj or something, you know, that's you just want I mean, to have a little bit of Jonas Brothers. I won't lie. And I was like trying to like dance and that wasn't working. But Billy's voice is just so like soothing to me that I was like, this is it. But yeah, I wasn't listening to like rap at that point. But they were like, they really thought. And I was like, that's so funny. You guys really think I'm like in this hypnosis state when I'm really not. And so eventually like it starts getting like get in the water, do this. And so I'm in the water and I got like a literally a birth photographer like that second like I remember when Jamie came in and she told me like I'm gonna call Celia I was like cool and she's like do you want a photographer because she had told me but me and Chris hadn't decided you know it's kind of pricey and we're like man like we're already paying for a lot of things and I was like you know what I told Chris and we're like yeah go ahead if she can come like awesome and yeah luckily like that the photographer came so we had it was the doula Jamie the doula her she had asked me for like if a an observant or like an observer doula could come and she came and then a midwife Celia and then the student midwife Bernie was there as well which would, had always been planned it's not like they just showed up and the photographer and so we're getting like in the pool and things are just getting intense and like I was laboring for a long time like I felt like a long time but apparently I was already like complete when like shortly after Jamie came but I just wasn't pushing it but I started pushing and it just wasn't working like I remember getting super upset because it was just so intense the waves like start stacking on top of each other where you get very little break and it just feels so like like I could it's weird you could I don't know if you had that experience but you could like feel like if you think of a contraction like a wave like you could feel it starting And you're like, oh, it's like a roller coaster. It's like when you're going up on the <laughs> roller coaster and you're like looking up and you know that the drop, like you're about to hit like the peak, like the you peak. could feel that like going up. And so every time I would be like, oh no, like it's happened, like it's coming again. Like I would be so like, no, like I could feel like it was coming again. But once you like, you knew where you were going to peak and you knew it would like come down. Like you felt that relief of like, okay, that was the worst and it's coming down. But then when there's not a lot of break, you're just like, no, not again. Like I remember being like, not again. Like, you know, and I would ask like, what's happening? And they would just be like, oh, like you're making really great progress. Like you're pushing really well. Like we see cervical change, like signs of cervical change and blah, blah, blah. And I was getting so upset. I was like, no, where is the baby? Like, I don't care about what the hell you guys are seeing come out. Like, and I'm usually very chill. Like I'm not a mean person, but after, like in that, like all bets are off. Like Carla said, like I was like acting like a freaking demon. Like I think, I mean, I don't know what their perspectives were. And I, I've asked before. <laughs> They're just like, no, no, like you're fine. Like, you know, things happen. And I was like, I don't know. I felt like a demon. Like seriously, I started like yelling at everyone and and like biting like I was biting Chris and and they were like at one point they were just like because Chris was letting me I mean I don't think your husband is gonna freaking tell you stop biting me and they like put a towel in my mouth they're like dude you can't bite him like you need to relax and I was like okay well 
I need to bite something. So they would put a towel in my mouth. And then I remember the doula student was like, like taking deep. I think she teaches yoga. Actually, I know her now. And she was like taking deep breaths, like, or like that. And I was like really close to my ear. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like in my head, I'm like, please stop. Like I was really trying not to like blow up. I was like, just stop breathing like that. Like in my head, I'm like, she's so annoying. Like, please stop. And I was like, you know, I was trying not to be rude. I'm like still kind of like trying not to, but at one point I was like, shut up. Like just shut up. Stop breathing. And everyone was like, and I was like, and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like really nice. But I was like, oh my God, like that's not helping me. And so that was like when I blew up as well. And then at some point they were like, um, let's get you out of the water and I get out because they were like, you know what? It's taking a while. Like, let's try to switch a position. And I'm like, okay. So we, they get me up and that freaking hurt. Like, I've never felt that amount of like pain in my life. I don't know. The, since being like flat, I wasn't like having the baby like like on my cervix. Like, that's all I could think happened. Because when I stood up, I feel like he dropped like onto my cervix. And I was like, oh my. And I mean, like. I'm not a small person, so my my midwife is small. She's really, really tiny. And Jamie is also small. Like, they're just small people. And and I could have taken them down. Like, if they had been there, I would have, like, we would have fallen. Because I was just, I grabbed Bernie, the student midwife, who's who's more like my stature. And I, I like, I pulled her. Like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, this hurts so much. And so they got me up and I was like, I'm never like doing that again. Like, that's crazy. So we got to the toilet. And then when you get to the toilet, you're like, I'm not having a baby in the toilet. Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? That's I don't like know. Like, magical view you had. That's not how you well, imagine. I'm like, I'm not about to push this because they did have me push in the toilet. And I'm like, first, the toilet is small. Like the area where the toilet is, is small. I'm like, how is this baby going to come out? Like, we don't even fit in here. And like, that's crazy. And I was like, no, no, no. And so they did me, have me do some pushes there and all of that. And I mean, the whole time they're che- they're checking the baby with the Doppler just to make sure that they're tolerating, you know? And so at that point we were like, in, it's still like everything is in complete darkness. Like I'm sure they're using their phones, but it's dark, you know, it's super dark. It's in the middle of the night. And then Chris, I guess he was like, well, it's dark in here. Like, let me turn on the light so they could see. So he turned the light on. And I was like, literally like, no, no. And he was like, oh, my God. They like, turned the light off. But I was like, dude, like burning my freaking eyes. I don't know what. But man, I was like, but, you know, they compare giving birth like to how animals give birth. And yeah, like they give birth like in the dark, in the quiet. Like that's the way that we're meant to give birth. So when you turn those lights on, I could have killed them. Like, seriously, I was like, that is terrible. And then we moved back to the water. So that whole time I had been in the tub until we get back to the water, do pushing there. And like, he's just not coming. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, and I remember like just being like, what is happening? And um, then they they were like, I could hear them kind of talking about whatever the heck a cervical lip is at that point I was like I don't know what that is but I could hear them talking about that and then Celia my midwife was like hey like I think you might have what's called a cervical lip I it's kind of like when a piece of your cervix hasn't dilated like the rest of the cervix and they need to push it so that the baby could come 
like that's kind of getting stuck on the head and i was like okay she's like can would you allow me to like push that sort of piece of cervix back and i was like yeah i guess i mean at that at this point i was like dude you could freaking whatever gets the baby out and so she was like it is gonna be painful and i was like okay but oh my gosh that was so painful like she puts her fingers inside and like starts pushing during a contraction and oh my gosh it was so 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 painful I was like, I don't know what is. And she's such a little girl. Like, she's such a little woman that I was just like, how are you causing me so much pain? Like, this is crazy. So she did it a few times. And she's like, I think I got what I could get, you know, a few contractions. And I was like, okay. But no, he was still not coming. And I was like, I don't know how much. Like, I could tell that the sun was rising. And I was like, what? Like, and I knew that it could go on for longer. And I was so frustrated. And I remember telling the the. I remember telling Bernie, the student midwife, I was like, how much longer? Like, you guys have to tell me how much longer. Like, I was so pissed off. And like, she was the one that kind of like sassed me back. She was like, it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And I was just like, I ain't no make it eat this. I was so like, okay, don't yell at me, please. And she was <laughs> very so firm with me. Yeah, she was like, I know, I'm acting, I know I'm acting like a complete jerk, but you can't be a jerk to me, okay? And I was all sensitive, but she like really like, I must have been super annoying because at that point she was like, dude, it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And that's that. And I was like, well, okay then. And so I was like, don't tell Bernie anything anymore. Yell at everyone else. And so they were like, let's get you up again. And I was like, you are dumb. Like, that's not happening. Like, I'm not getting up. And so I was very like, no, I'm not getting up. And they're like, well, if you don't get up, like, maybe it's going to help. You know, it should help for you to move and I was like you guys are nuts like do you know how how bad that hurt and I remember saying that a lot like do you know how much this hurts and obviously like Celia had had home births <laughs> so she was like yeah like at one point I remember she told me she's like actually I do <laughs> and I was like no you don't you liar and like Jamie has had babies like there were women there that have had the experience but in my head I was the only one to have ever experienced this so I just thought it was funny that Celia was like actually I do know and I was like yeah you're right I guess and then um we yeah, they got me up eventually and it still freaking hurt. And they had me pushing like on this little like chair that wasn't working. And I was like, I just can't get him out. Like, I don't know what the heck is going on, you know? So we get on the bed and they have me start pushing there. And I was like kind of on my back, but Jamie was like supporting me because my, my, I didn't have like a headboard. So Jamie had to sit in the back and I was pushing with her there. And I remember like, I was actually like I had her in a headlock and so I could hear her like going like and I was like is this bitch laughing like that's literally what was going through my mind and I'm not the type to think like that but in that head and like that headspace I was like is she freaking laughing like this isn't funny like this shit hurts you know and I could hear her like I was like had her by like the head so imagine she's sitting behind me I grabbed her head and I would pull her forward when I would have a like when I was pushing and so I was pushing her like that and I was just like why is she laughing and then later like she told me it's because you were choking me like I wasn't laughing I couldn't breathe and I was like oh well you're excused 
<laughs> so I was like choking her. And I remember it because I had that sensation to bite. I was like, I had her here like in the chokehold. And I literally thought I'm going to bite her cheek. Like it just looked so tempting. And I was Were like, you're going to go Mike her. Tyson on your team for real. For real. And, and, but luckily like the, my rational brain was like whispering, like, Hey, you can't do that. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess not. So we were pushing and pushing and like, he wasn't coming. And then it was like nine o'clock and Chris like looks at me and he goes, it's nine o'clock. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I'm like, and what do you mean? And he's like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you want to go to the hospital? And I like yelled at him. I was like, we're not going to the hospital. Like what, what, like what is going to happen differently than is happening now? And he just kind of like looked at me and I'm like, we're not going. Like, first of all, I can't even like in my head, I'm like, I can't even get up. I can't imagine that an, like an ambulance is going to come for me. And how the hell am I even going to get up at this point? Like I'm in so much pain. And so I yelled at him and he stormed off and everyone like was just awkwardly quiet. And I, I think I made a statement like he's mad, huh? And then everyone was like, yeah, but it's okay. And I was like, I just, it was just one of those moments where like, I never like to like argue in public, but I just like yelled at him in front of everyone. And so he, he left, he was mad. And then eventually like I start like making progress in the pushing and he starts coming out. And I remember like I did experience, so Chris comes back in the room like shortly after, I mean, Chris got mad at like nine and the baby was born at nine, nine, 10. And so he starts coming out and I remember feeling the ring of fire but honestly I had been pushing for so long that I was so happy to feel that because I was like that means he's coming you know I like freaking I don't care how it burns or hurts or it feels like it's stretching you out that you'll never like stretch back I was like this is amazing and so I pushed out his head and I was so 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 happy and Chris was happy too and um we, at that point, I'm trying to remember what happened, but I pushed out the head and we were all so excited. Everybody was so encouraging and we actually, it was a surprise gender. So we were just like, yes, he's coming, he's coming. And so all of a sudden, like my midwife, she's in front of me, like looking obviously. And I could see like, like a concern, like go across her face. And I was like, hmm. And so like in that moment, after I gave birth to the head, she was like, you need to flip her over. Like she just said, flip her to everyone. And I was like, so in that point, just imagine I'm on my back and I hear her say flip her. And then everyone starts pushing me to my, like on all fours on the bed. And I was like, at that same time, I'm like, why the hell are you guys pushing me? Like what's going on? And she was, and Jamie was like, just let us push you. Cause I was like resisting. So they pushed me on all fours and then I deliver the rest of him like that. And so I knew it was an emergency like situation. And I guess what had happened was he was stuck. So she noticed that his shoulders weren't coming out. And so that's why she pushed me over. And so anyways, he was born and we were so excited. I started crying and Chris was like, announced that it's a boy and I was like oh my gosh Yandel we had already decided on the name and it's funny because that night when I my water like right before my water broke we were like okay I guess baby's coming tomorrow regardless we're either gonna go to the hospital or we're gonna give birth here um what do you think it is 
and we both said boy. And so it was just funny that we both kind of guessed boy that last Aww. minute. And so he came out and yeah, like it was amazing. Like that whole, I still remembered the pain, but the pain like went away, but I still had a memory of it because I know people are like, no, the pain goes away. And like, you don't remember anything. And I was like, no, I remembered because when my mom came, I told her like never again. I remember telling her like, nope, that's not happening, you know? So they put like, postpartum like immediate postpartum they put the baby with me they like didn't disturb us for a while I was like I could feel blood gushing out of me and I could tell that my midwife wasn't happy with that and so she was like I think I'm gonna need to give you Pitocin um, in your thigh because you're bleeding a little more than I'd like I was like yeah that's fine so she did that so after that I stopped I don't know if I got one or two doses of I think I got Pitocin and then they gave me like a tincture to stop the bleeding as well. So, I mean, they, they are prepared for that. Obviously, if it was something more out of their control that like that didn't work, then we'd get transferred, but everything was fine. I FaceTime my, I guess my mom had been calling Chris like all night. She had a feeling, I think. And I finally, I FaceTimed her. I told her we were crying, you know, everything, but everything was, went well. I had like my placenta and a little bit of a smoothie, like after all that was said and done, because I was going to get it encapsulated. But it was really gross. I don't know if it's like needed more sugar, but it just taste, tasted like very fleshy. And I was like, that's so gross. But I did throw up in labor, which I threw up the Chico's Tacos. And if anybody is familiar with that, which I'm sure everyone that listening is listening is familiar. Dude, it burns so much like the salsa. But I was like, that freaking hurts. And they had to give me gum. Like they just come prepared because the gum really helped me because my throat was freaking burning from throwing up the Chico's Tacos. And I was like, never again. But yeah, that, that was it. I mean, that's how Yandel came into the world. It was a very hard, like it was a hard experience, but it was super awesome. Like I would never change it. I, I feel like I still think about it all the time. And that's kind of what led to like the development of this podcast and everything like since then, you know, becoming a doula and all of that was because of the experience that I had. And had I been in the hospital, so he did have shoulder dystocia. That's what it's called when his shoulders got stuck. Um, it is a risk for having, like, if you have gestational diabetes, it's a risk that they would have shoulder dystocia because of the way the fat deposits um, in the shoulders. So it makes it hard for them to come out. But in the hospital, first of all, I pushed for like four hours and 10 minutes. So in the hospital, I don't think they would have let me push that long. And I would have ended up in a C-section because I couldn't get them out. And then secondly, with the shoulder dystocia, from what I understand, you know, I talked to my team later that in the hospital... They wouldn't have flipped me over. That's just not the protocol, even though that that's like a maneuver to get the baby out. They would have either broken my pelvis to get him out or broken, you know, and this is what I was told. So I'm not like, but this is what I was told. Or they would have broken his clavicle to get him out. Um, so if they would have even let me push that long, there would have probably still been injury to me or him. And no, like he didn't get injured at all. I didn't get injured at all. I had a very, very minor tear that Celia did offer to stitch me up. But I, she's like, but I like it, it, you could put a stitch, but you don't need it if you don't want it. And at that point, like, I don't think you want to be touched down there at all. Like, it's like so like, so I was just like, nah, just leave it. So, yeah, I was fine after that. I mean, that's literally the birth story of Yandel. And it was awesome. Oh, my God, that's. I have forgotten about you trying to bite people and how intense because you say four hours of pushing and I'm just like, what? What do you mean? Like, 
four hours that's just so intense of doing anything for four hours but doing anything four hours of pushing it just sounds insane I've, I've forgotten about that part that you had told me and then yeah, about no, his I mean, nobody tells you right because you think you're like oh pushing so you know when i feel at least in my experience i felt like when it was pushing time it was it was the end right like you had labor mm -hmm. you had done all this work pushing was supposed to be fast so i can see where you were trying to bite people and i i know you told me about his shoulder getting stuck but i never understood why why it happened and so now that you said about the fat deposits and how their shoulders just kind of Do they get bulky? Is that what happens? Or they just get big? Yeah, and I mean, like, also genetically, like, me and Chris are very, um, we have wide shoulders, both of us. Like, we both are pretty wide up top. And so, I don't know, genetically, like, maybe my kids are just going to come out, like, broad-shouldered. But also with the diabetes, like, it could it could cause the deposits in the, in the shoulders to be, like, more fatty. Um, that's one reason. I'm sure there's a lot of other reasons why shoulders dissociate can happen or the risks for it. And, and obviously now that I've had it once, it's likely that I'd have it again, which kind of sucks. I don't, you know, because it's a little bit scary, obviously, you know, and, and actually my midwife, she's moving, which is so sad. So if I do decide to have another baby, like it's a little bit hard to trust, you know, someone, you know, with such a big event and knowing that she acted so quickly and she knows me, she knows Chris, like, It would have been awesome to have her again, but that sucks that I can't. But um, yeah, nobody tells you that you could push for so long. That's the crazy part. And I remember that Leti and like everyone had told me, like, once you feel like you can't do it anymore, that's because you're almost done. And I remember feeling that like four hours ago. And I remember like I had been like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then hours passed. And I was like, you guys lied to me. Like you told me that once I felt that way. I was like minutes away from delivering. No, I wasn't like, no. So you could feel that way for a long time. I'm just saying, I mean, it's probably like, I don't know. I don't know if it's super common to push that long, but yes, I mean, I pushed that long and then my friend Diana pushed that long. And so I know two of us have pushed really long. So it's possible ladies. I know that's not what you want to hear, but <laughs> at least it mentally prepares you for if you do push for a while, at least you're like, okay, well, like that was a possibility, you know? But no, I mean, I had a really good experience and very different. I think me and Carla's stories are very different. So when you guys hear hers, like, I think if if you could choose one, I probably would choose Carla's <laughs> because hers was a lot faster. I think I had my labor was like about if you count from when my water broke, it was about 11 hours. And that's kind of when it got real intense. I don't know if you would count like that. I woke up with like the cramping. I don't know. But if you count the cramping, then obviously like over 24 hours. But if you just count from when my water broke, it was like 11 hours. It was awesome. I mean, I have, I learned a lot. I think I highly recommend that everyone has a doula and if possible has a home birth because it's just a, such a different experience. And, you know, all births are different and so I'm kind of like hoping that I can always have home births you know Chris doesn't want home births he liked the experience but he's still very like it was a lot for him so I don't blame him he was very antsy through it but I'm like he's like I just want to walk into the hospital with a coffee in my hand and like have the baby and like walk out and I'm like yeah sure I'm like Express I'm the one that's doing out. all the work dude yeah he's like you have a c-section and we go home and I'm like yeah and I I am the one having a major surgery dude like you of course will be fine but <laughs> that's definitely like husbands are a little they think a lot differently than us but I'm glad that 
he supported me like he did it. It was hard for him, but he let me pick the way I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? And I think that's what counts because at the end of the day, I think he knew that this was going to be my, I'm the one like doing it physically. So he couldn't really fight me too much on it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought that's the birth story of Yandel. Oh my God, the little bundle of joy. Make sure you tell him this and tell him how much it hurt. But I don't know. I mean, it. You said you haven't forgotten about pain, <clears throat> and I have. I've forgotten about the pain. I logically know it hurt a lot. I know that, but I can tell you. And I had a lot of like health issues in my life where I've been in a lot of pain. And you know, since I was like fifteen, nineteen, and the way I get myself through that pain is that it's only for right now. I won't remember how it hurt next week, right? So I remember through labor, even thinking that that it hurts a lot right now, but it's okay tomorrow it won't hurt and so I got myself through labor like that and now I know I did I know it was painful and it was probably I want to maybe yeah maybe it was the most painful thing I've gone through but I don't remember the exact pain and I got through it but you know hearing the stories and hearing you say that and I'm like oh my god how did I block it out of my mind because I am in that I'm in that group of women that I don't recall what it hurts like I don't I know I did, and I don't remember. I can't tell you what the pain feels like. I know all the terms that we hear, the ring of fire. You hear the way you, you know, you feel the waves, you feel the contractions, you feel the pressure, but I can't remember it. But, I, you know, so that's interesting how yeah. we all kind of remember it. But then also my labor was super fast. So I think that plays a role into it. You know, we'll get right, into yeah. it later, but that's interesting. And please don't go Mike Tyson on anyone again, please. Oh my gosh, I know that I felt really bad. I told them and they were like, oh my gosh, you would have, we would have called you the pit bull. And I was like, yeah, I know I was crazy. But no, I mean like immediately after for like a week or two, I did remember exactly how it felt. Like now I don't remember. I know it was painful. I don't remember it though. Like it's, it's weird. Like, I mean, it must be a way of protecting ourselves because I think if we remembered you know, if every woman remembered exactly how it felt like, we wouldn't do it again. So it's like, that's the way that we keep the world spinning because <laughs> that's the only way women are going to do it again because they're like, oh, I don't remember. And then they're like in it and they're like, oh my God, that's the worst thing ever. So yeah, it's really funny, but it's funny because I was one of the, so I think Jamie hadn't seen a shoulder dystocia in all the years that she had been working. And I was like the first of six or something that year. Oh, and she great. was like, you started the shoulder dystocia train. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so and another thing that I want to medal for is that, I mean, up to that point, Celia was like, you were the messiest birth. And I was like, cool. <laughs> like, <thanks."> Thank you. <laughs> medal for everything you did. I mean, why not? Yeah. Might as well. I know. Just tell me that I'm beautiful and that I was really mean to you and everything. And I was the messiest birth. I love it. But. <laughs> Yeah, that's where we'll leave you guys. Obviously, if you guys um, have any questions or whatever, you could email us. Um, But thank you for listening. And next episode will probably be Carla telling us about her story. So thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.